Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, Andy. We're going to have a fun conversation today. Uh, if you're not a serious player, you may not find it as fun, but I can pretty much guarantee you it's going to be more fun than whatever the fuck is going on in madison square garden right now because i guess that's basketball uh but nick's going out without a fight so far in this one um the uh i should set the table here before asking you how you're doing um we uh we kind of intended to use the month of may as an opportunity to Hit a little evergreen topics. We're going to use it's the month evergreen of May, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's evergreen May, uh, and then we're going to use the month of June do uh, do some interviews with some smart people in the gambling space. Uh, in the meantime, we may and then run, holy fuck yeah. it's football again, and like. then holy fuck it's football again. Um, we uh, we may rerun some of our uh, uh, best of uh, on Mondays. Put some of the uh, not best of necessarily, but put oh, some of our those old evergreen, evergreen. I mean, ones, some of those yeah. evergreen ones we did were three four years ago, and uh, I listened to part of one. Oh yeah, still, did we sound still, like idiots? No, I mean we're Which smarter one did you now. A uh, little bit of the CLV one. Oh, okay, actually that was the one I was going to listen to too. Actually, okay, um, we should I, put that in the mix for sure. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna get with Dan. We'll put a plan together. We're, we'll release some from. It's like, boy, I'm, I'm dating vault. myself. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> do you remember this when like the Disney movies came in VHS case? Oh, yeah. There were those big ones, the big white ones, the big white white ones. Yeah, yeah, and. Every once in a while, I'll be like, "Oh, Cinderella's out from the vault. You can only buy this on VHS for like the next for the summer, and then it's going away again forever." But I mean, literally, you can go <laughs> you find definitely it won't be able to stream it at your fingertips on ten different yeah. devices at the same time. You could ever you could go future. find these uh, on your own pretty easily, but we're gonna make it easy by putting them right in your RSS feed. And yeah, um, so just know on Mondays we're gonna post some old episodes that we thought were good that were evergreen. Yeah. And yeah, Drew, Drew hit it. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about a bunch of topics. If you guys have any questions or maybe we should even post the topics a little earlier in the week. Maybe yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Discord. Sure. See if some people have some good talking points they want us to hit on because, you know, obviously this is not for us. This is for you, even though we enjoy it. Like uh, we aim to please. We want to answer any questions anyone has. So we'll decide on a topic here for next week right off the bat when we get off the air and we'll, yeah. we'll post it early up so people can yeah. maybe get it's- some questions and shit. I like that call. Um, before we dive in today's evergreen, let's do some content that will age poorly, <laughs> which is oh, talk about the Derby. I got to talk about the Derby, man. And before we go any further, we're already three minutes into this podcast and it's been too long. Hat tip to Mike Somich for <laughs> the inspired breakdown of why Mage was the horse to beat in the Kentucky Derby in last week's pod. Um, you know how many people in the uh, betting space called Mage? It was, it was one. <laughs> it was Mike. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, I, I, and he I didn't even give, hedge his. He didn't even hedge his opinions. He was like, I give "We haven't even gotten Kanish to the winner yet." Kanish called it as a joke. Yeah, like, I guess. I, I guess so. You don't that, think he just happened funny, to pick a horse that he knew kind of there was a little bit of a, the yeah, smartest think, guys we know? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he probably listens to uh, All right. well, some spot. But yeah, hat tip to Mike. And I had a weird moment. So like. I had been watching the Derby on my laptop 
mm-hmm. because yeah, it's sure. not like it's not like NBC just broadcasts all the other races. They don't give a shit about the other races because sure. most, most of the American public doesn't either. But obviously, I was betting each race going along. You know, I had some of Mike's tips. I had our, our friend the Mill. He had mm-hmm. some tips, and I actually mm-hmm. did. I didn't make a mint, but I did all right during the day. And it, it's just fun, like every half hour, 40 minutes doing that. I was also working on some home projects, so I'm bouncing. So finally, it's like, oh, it's derby time. I sit down and it starts and then the race starts. And I realize I have closed captioning on the TV because oh, I love I'm old. I love sure. closed captioning. I'm like, fuck, I, I can't see the, the thing at the get bottom. Yeah, get it so off. I'm like I'm getting it off. And and then my daughter's yelling. She's like, oh, I forgot to pick horses. And she's yelling. She's like. She picked four and eight. She's like, four and eight. I picked four and eight. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then it gets off and she's screaming. And, you know, they all come around the turn in a big mess. Sure, you can't see anything. And then my son runs in and it's a big disaster. Honestly, I'm not even thinking about my bets. And then eight takes it. And just the connect wasn't even there. Like how much money yeah. I just made because my daughter wouldn't shut the fuck up about how excited <laughs> that the horse she picked, you know, randomly had won. I told you, I told you, number eight. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> here we go. And then obviously after that too, uh, you know, some of the some of the other smart minds I talked to and some of the uh, advice we'd gotten from Mike, I'd put together a winning try box with a uh, mage on top and a three horses on the bottom and. Two of those horses were Angel and uh, Phil, so yeah, it was super nice getting a try to close it. <sighs> I tweeted about it too. I was very impressed with myself oh, for yeah. not spending well any of that money on the thirteenth or fourteenth. Oh races. yeah, no, you walk away at that point. Okay, so uh, those are good chase races if you needed it. Final kind of hat tip, pat on the back here for Mike. I, and again, honestly, like if there's someone who is public facing with their handicapping for horse racing, who's better than Mike from our generation. I don't, I don't know him. I don't think he exists. Honestly, I think Mike is as good as it gets when it comes to, I'm going to tell you why these are the horses that should win. And boy, oh boy, were his breakdowns sharp. Uh, we asked him for a handful of other kind of high confidence looks. Smoking tea dominated uh, in the third on, on Friday. By the way, he singled that in a pick five that paid 100, 120 to pay that paid 1200. Um, so, you know, well done there right off the bat on a Friday, getting 1200 in pocket. I was like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to be betting big this yeah. weekend. <laughs> let's, let's fire away. Let's fire away. Um, Put the ticket yeah. right back in the machine. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the way it is, is like you basically, you have that as your voucher for all yeah, the rest the voucher, of the, the voucher Yeah, the rest of your, right, yeah, the rest, the rest of the bets, bets you want to make all that. Slip, and yeah. you know what? Secret, uh, a secret, secret plus EV move. Once you have a big old voucher, right? Balance. Then it makes actually putting together your tickets a lot easier because you're not like, I don't, you don't really know how much a super is going to cost when you punch it in. Like it, I don't know that math, right? You don't know how much a pick six is going to cost when you punch it in. And so you don't want to be sitting there at the kiosk, like an idiot. Like you've made, you've made your pick six and you're like, oh, it's 240. Now I got to like get all the money in there before like the kiosk times out and just spits out your, uh, you know, you, you yeah. got to start over and you look like an idiot, like wait, you know, holding up the line at the kiosk. So anyway, having the voucher there's was pr- And there's probably a better way to do this. I don't know how to do it. Like to split up like if you hit a big ticket like hey you know the first race you hit some big try or you hit a super mm-hmm. effect god help us mm-hmm. maybe a big pick three and you have a couple thousand and you just it's like at the casino what do you do when you're up at the casino you take one of those purple chips you put it in your pocket and say like i'm not spending this this is gonna pay for dinner the next couple nights sure like it's just nice to yeah. have that so what I'll, I'll do is you put the big voucher in like you have a, a four-figure voucher you've done well 
and then I'll make a huge bet. Uh, you know, like whatever I whatever I want to bet with, I'll make like a seven hundred dollar bet on a horse, and then cash out that five hundred dollar voucher and put it like put it, in my yep, wallet yep, where you have wallet. to go this get is it. Cash now, and yeah. then and yep. then you can put yeah. that big bet into the machine again and yeah. cancel it before the race. Yeah, yeah. And then it just that's how you, that's yeah. how you, there, I'm you sure there's it. a better yep. way, but there's that's how I always will split my vouchers. Up nice man. So I can hide. You know, you hide a little. You, mm-hmm. you squirrel. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you call well, it. Uh, yeah, there's there's a word for that rat you know your rat hole rat hole yeah, yeah. Sure, sure sure i don't know if that's what it is but it sounds like it to me all right so uh yeah yeah and again like so much dead dead on the nuts with a bunch of races on saturday especially the ones coming down the wire hat tip to our friend mill also he called web slinger the 14 yeah. paid 22 to 1 that was uh, that was one i didn't I watch oh so man so I, I put oh, that one in God. And yeah. I missed the I missed the race because I said I was working on a home a home project. I missed that race, and I came back to the computer and saw the balance and said, "Oh shit, shit. What the well, fuck web slinger." Um, all right, so story time. Um, so web fun. slinger uh, was I think the ninth race on Saturday. <clears throat> I had a press credential through NBC because I was there to do media <laughs> on thursday and friday my response roles and responsibilities were pretty limited um which is like it's, it was gift honestly like i just had to be on the matthew berry set uh for you know 15 minutes on thursday i had to film a bunch of kind of like digital hits uh and then just promote races on friday that was even that was my own choice just to kind of go around the park and film at different locations and give people kind of the spirit of what it's like to be at you know churchill downs for oaks day um and so I didn't have anything to do at all on Sunday, on Saturday. And my favorite place to hang out on the whole track as I was kind of exploring everything on Friday was the home stretch club, um, which is like, it's a two level club, bottom floor, long lines at the bar. All you can, it was all you can drink, all you can eat Friday and Saturday. Did you know that at Churchill Downs with the ticket? It's all you can eat, all you can drink inside the grounds. I did not. I will okay. be there next year. Jesus. So the food, it's like my the favorite thing in sports. Is all the food was terrible. The drinks were excellent. The hospitality was unmatched. But uh, the lines for all of the bars downstairs were hugely long. Everybody, you know, people had reserved seats at the home stretch where you're basically like right up against the rail, um, right where they're loading the horses, right where they're coming down to the finish line. You can see the finish line pretty well, but not perfectly. Um, and so the home stretch club was the best second story of the home stretch club had like a secret bar where there was never a line and so i was just basically like well i'm gonna camp out here all day so i can just kind of hit that bar um and uh you know it had a perfect little spot right at the end of the line where i could watch the races and um yeah so web slinger in the ninth in the ninth comes up and um guy next to me he's like you look like you know. I was I was talking and giving oh, yeah, tips you, to this giving group. it to a few people. Yeah, I was talking, area. talking, talking, and giving tips to this this group of like kind of like teenagers kids, not teenagers, but like twenty something kids next to me. They were picking my brain about the races, and I was like, "My guy loves fourteen in this one. He's going off at a huge price." But I just I, I got you know I got I think I had like twenty to win. It ended up being like four hundred something on on Web Slinger. And they were like, okay, well, we'll get 14. And the other guy next to me was like, what was that? You like 14? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And he, he looks like he's got like a wise guy look with a little, uh, you know, good, cool hat and cigar and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, what do you, what do you like about Web Singer? I was like, I don't really know, man. I'm just taking yeah, tips. And aggreg- I'm just yeah. aggregating stuff from everybody else who does know. Uh, he's a closer, I guess. So it'll be a fun race. It's on turf. Turf's wide open. Um, and so, I'm, you know, I'm just shooting the shit with this guy. Super nice guy named Mark. 
and uh, which is funny because Mark is also our, our friend Mills first name. Um, so a little synergy there. But anyway, uh, so I get to, you know, so I get to talk to them. We watch the race. Web Slinger wins 22 to one comes in. Everybody's oh, just going absolutely nuts in that section. And I'm just like an instant legend there for giving Mills tip to all these people. And um, the, one of the guys that's like kind of sitting of don't kill the messenger. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so one of these guys that's sitting next to uh, the guy I was talking to look, I'm like, Jesus, that looks a lot like Dustin Pedroia. I'm like, that's like so, so similar. I'm like, I wonder if Pedro, like I, I, I didn't want to like Google like is Pedroia here, but I was like, I think that's that's Pedroia. Uh, and, you know, and I so I, the guy I'm tapping tap them was like, are you in this group? Like, is that is that Pedroia? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's Pedroia. He loves the horse racing. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, slight background. I was a huge Red Sox fan growing up. I've lived and died with the Red Sox that broke the curse. I remember Pedroia's 2013 MVP season like it was yesterday. World Series to cop cap it off. Horius juicer. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. Everybody was. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to be so, on red so I hate so uh yeah, so I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. I'm like, my dad's gonna get a kick out of this, my brother's gonna kick out of this. this is crazy. I saw Pedroia at the races. Uh he stands up and he starts chatting with me. And I'm like, oh cool. I was I'm just gonna play it cool. Uh and then like we're all in a group talking. He's like, Well, yeah, that was a great hit. Who do you like for the derby? And I'm like, Well, Mage, obviously. Uh, because like, Forte is out and and uh, so much twisted our arms so hard on the pod. And I was like, well, yeah, definitely mage. You're gonna get a great price. He, he's probably he could be the best horse in the field. We don't know. He's never broken. And they're like, God, you know a lot about this. And so they started picking my brain about like the other horses in the races and what about the next two? And I'm like, well, the next one's chalk, like Cody's wish. After that, like Mark, something Mark, that that one's salt solid. I'm like, we should probably put in like a pick three. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, how does that work? And so I'm like describing to Pedroia and this other guy who was a he was also a pro baseball player for the Blue Jays, Mark. And I'm like describing them like what a horizontal is, what a vertical is, like blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Like we have like a, a kiosk in our suite, but we, you know, could, you know, never figured out how to really use it. And I'm like, oh, so I'll show you how to use it. And so I'm like, nice. Now I don't have to wait in line for the kiosk. I can just go to their suite and just bang, 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 bang. Um, so made friends with these guys. Turns out Jacoby Ellsbury was with them as well hanging out watching the races and so for the entire kind of hour run up to the race itself we were like i was like okay like the holy grail of betting as far as i could tell you is if you can hit the superfecta in the derby like we all everybody wants to do it it's going to be like a dollar pays like 15 grand <laughs> i was like i, was I, like, I did it i yeah, did it one yeah. year but it was like a, a chalky it was a, year just a chalk one like, sure and it was like a dime yeah. you know it was yeah. like I, I bet like two thousand different you know yeah, of course. Uh, options yeah. at a dime. Yeah, but the dime superfect is fun. So the lo- lowest you could go is a dollar uh, in the at, at the in the uh, paramutual pool at, at Churchill. So they're like, "Well, what's the superfecta?" And I'm explaining it to them. I'm telling them how to build it and like going through all the options. And I'm like, "Okay, well, the 17 horse is kind of a hot pick. Like he's you know, but he's cursed." Uh, it's like, do you guys, what do you guys, what do you guys have an opinion on curses? And they're like, we're definitely using the 17. Like he'll break the curse. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll put him in the top. And somebody like two fills and mage we had already. And so we fill, we kind of, I'm like, we got to build like a pyramid. You want like a couple at the top and then you want to put some bombs in level three and level four. You missed the three in the two hole, wasn't it? Yeah, that's exactly. Kept it off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I remember right. looking at your ticket. I'm like, this looks good. So what, where did close. it go wrong? It was- so that was one of two tickets I had. One I played was exactly so much's, which missed disarm in the four hole. Yeah. And the other was I missed th- fill well, in the three hole. I, yeah. I've told that story to a couple people now. Because like, yeah. I that's the other thing, too. I wanted to play like a 50 cent 
super and the the race book i was using wouldn't let me go below a dollar and i'm like yeah, oh sure. man this is gonna get expensive <laughs> yeah, and that, that's when i just said you yeah. know what you know what this is now a trifecta yeah so that so i'm that and, was and, kind and of that i'm hit, talking but, them through this but it's I'm talking funny too because yeah I'd, I'd spent like a long time putting together superfecta and you know i don't remember exactly what it was it had eight keyed to save money and it had angel it had you know it had angel envy and it had two fills there was no no 11 anywhere near it no yeah, way, right. shape, or form. Like I would have, however much money I would have spent on that super fact, I would have been gone because. Gone. And no, that's uh, why I'm yeah. glad. Like if they'd have let me bet fifty cents on it uh, per combo, I'd, I'd put that in for sure. Yeah. So, so congrats anyway, to um, uh, congrats to me for not making a bet. So I spent an hour shooting the shit with these guys, uh, and you know I'm make, I'm making jokes about how like the Japanese horse like he's probably juicing. No, they can't catch him. You know they're getting away with whatever, and making jokes about Jacoby Ellsbury picking the pockets of the Steinbrenners, and he was laughing like I was like, okay, that's cool, man. Uh, so those guys were fucking great to to hang out with, and I, to- I showed them how to do the superfect on the kiosk. Meanwhile, their wives are like hanging out in like the 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 suite. You know, and I'm just getting mean mugged by all of them. Like this motherfucker. Like I can't believe you're like encouraging this. Like they're gonna bet and lose. Like yeah. you better be right. You know, and I'm just getting absolutely, uh, you know, just daggers from uh, from the wives and girlfriends there in the in the suite. And uh, we go right up to the rail. Perfect spot to watch the race. We're like right where they load them. See the see the break. See them come down. Watch them come around the home stretch. You know, come around the final turn, down the home stretch. Mage accelerates uh, and takes over lead, and it was just fucking ecstasy. I could not believe that he. I'm gonna came have to have Dan there. clip the part at the beginning of this where you said he had a quick story. Did I say quick? Ago. No, probably no not. way. I said quick. <laughs> no way. I said quick. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like, uh, I don't think I could have asked the you know scriptwriter. Yeah, you know, the, if I had been like, hey, write a fun day at the track where like I get to meet like some, uh, you know, childhood heroes and then, you know, follow up with, uh, uh, you know, the winning pick in the Derby itself. Like it was absolutely I would have, I would have so liked uh, the 11 so race to go a little better. Yeah, well, <laughs> what you, that wait, was it was number five, time. right? Number five hit. Think yeah, but I went. I, I think I went. It, yeah. I went heavy on some tries. Oh okay. Well, whatever the case was, um, the. Uh, the I came no balls. I made that joke about the the seventh race about no balls not being a gelding, uh, and then that horse won at forty to one. Uh, that was I had a pick six twenty cent pick six that the other five five legs hit and the no balls didn't and it paid a million dollars. If I had like all that one and then yeah. and then went the rest of the way. Uh, it would have been unbelievable. Same with, uh, you know, two superfected lotto tickets, both <laughs> yeah. were missed by one. Spoiler so. again, yeah. The, the the analog to this yeah. is is, you know, betting big SGP parlays. Like it's the same thing. We've all had that where it's like, fuck. Like all I had to do was hit this one race. It's always yeah. an early one too, where it's like, uh, you go. You should never go back and look, but it's like you miss the second race of a pick six oh, and yeah. then you hit like three long shots in a row and you're like i think i had that in my pick six and yeah on your tickets like, oh, <sighs> damn. damn it oh, so, no, I'm itching anyway too, and it was Canterbury doesn't open for like three more weeks man. it was incredibly fun uh incredibly thankful to nbc for sending me um that was just a just a just an all-time experience i don't think i'm gonna beat that 
for a while, if ever, uh, just in terms of enjoyable experiences. So uh, super memorable. And yeah, somebody brought it up in the chat. It sounds like a good bachelor party experience. <sighs> Man, yeah. dude, all you can drink. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of all you can drink and betting on horses like they, they pace out the day so freaking perfectly. Um, yeah. It's really incredible. And, uh, you know, didn't make as much money as I could have, but it didn't matter. It was an all time experience. So had being, a very, being very, very fun up, time. Being up at the end of any horse meet is good because it's it's like, course, obviously, for, for us, because we're not horse guys, we don't do all the research. Like, it's like going to the casino where you're going to play cards, you're going to play slots or something. If you leave up, you've done well because the odds were definitely against you. Oh, yeah. No, I went with then the, I was like, I'm The I'm best horse players like, in the I'm world. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, and we've heard this from people, like the best horse players in the world wouldn't be profitable if it weren't for the rebates. Like, of course. They need the yeah. rebates. Like for you sure. leave any horse meet up, you're good. So the fact that, and uh, and by horse meat, <laughs> I don't mean those Ikea meatballs, but like you, you, leave, a, <laughs> you leave a track up. So yeah, I'll be, um, uh, spoiler yeah. alert, I'll be open opening day at uh, Canterbury for sure. Yeah. Uh, some other, uh, I have some actual quick stories. I met uh, our, uh, the, uh, I met Adam Bjorn, a uh, guy that we've competed with in the uh, Calcutta a couple times. Great guy. He's, uh, he's opening a new book uh, this year and uh, he's going to be for sure one of the best, if not the best guest we interview in June. Uh, want to want to talk to him once his product goes live in the U.S. They're basically yeah. bringing they're He's basically bringing book they're basically bringing bookmaker to uh, onshore, which is fucking awesome. I, I really I cannot believe that they're they're going to pull this off, but they are uh, excited to see how it goes. Um, the uh, the turf club don't spend money on the turf club. It's cool. It's like a party scene. They have live music. The food is is, is fine, um, but the actual getting to see the races is no no bueno. It's tough. It's tough there to get a good look at the races. You can't see the paddock either, really. That, I mean, um, that's the case at a lot of like, there's baseball stadiums like that where it's like, hey, here's a cool yeah. area yeah. where you can barely see the field, but it costs yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm the so fourth, the, the, uh, watch the game. The fourth level is the stakes level, and it's like a dining room that's like super uppity. Uh, same with Millionaire's Row, super uppity. Like, and everybody just kind of walks out when it's you time for the race, so the and they and they stay uh, they stand on the rail, and you're four levels up. And yes, you can see everything. The view is amazing, but uh, the vibe is very, very different there. It's uh, it's a lot more stuffy and a lot less, lot less, a uh, um, lot, lot less energy, positive energy. So I highly recommend Home Stretch Club if, of any of the opportunity, you know, any of the places there. Uh, the first turn club was pretty cool on Thursday uh, as well. They built a giant, brand new building there uh, with a huge club. Uh, and it had all you can eat, all you can drink on uh, on Thursday. I think that was the only place in the park that was like that. But anyway, it was unbelievably cool. Kentucky Derby, we can put it in the books. We'll be betting Mage to win the Preakness. And then once we see the field for the Belmont, probably going to go against him. Yeah, we're like 10, 10 days from the Preakness. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get into that a little. We'll at least a, yep. There'll at least be a tweet storm about that. Yeah, Patrick is correct. Aaron Rodgers was at the Turf Club. Chris Pine at the Turf Club. Chris Pine was way, way smaller than you would have ever believed. Remember, um, did, remember that other guy spit on him and it was a really big thing on Twitter? Yeah, I do remember that. I don't yeah. follow the celebrity news that close, but that no. was really that was, was really bizarre. important that day. Uh, Josh Allen was about. Josh Allen is smaller than you would have guessed. I would thought he was every enormous, every athlete way every smaller. athlete yeah. is smaller. Yeah. than you think, except but, when you meet uh, offensive linemen. Yeah, the MVPs though, in terms of fun hang and very cool uh, guys, were uh, were Pedroia and Ellsbury though. Those guys were awesome. Um, all right, should we talk a little evergreen stuff finally? Add yeah, let's 
Okay. Let's talk about the NFL because, you know, we're in the content game and a lot sure. of other people are as well. And I'm seeing a ton of, and it's not like I don't have a bunch of outlines written for like my first thoughts on betting a lot of these markets because it is time to start thinking about stuff. And, you know, every, every award market, every futures market, every regular season win total, like you do need to put a certain amount of thought into it and, you know, how you're going to pose your probabilities or, you know, if it's an award market to your narratives or, you know, just uh, how, how do you see this guy getting the opportunities to do the things that will lead to the narrative? So, like, hey, it's it's time to start prepping for that stuff. But I want to kind of take a look at it a little more of a overarching look at just futures in general, because it's almost like the CLV argument. Like there is a bit of a, you know, and I don't I don't know how deep you want to get into this part of it, too, but. You do see people poo-pooing each other on Twitter sometimes, and that's just the nature of Twitter. But it's like, you know, uh, like the the uh, the CLV argument. I think there is actually like good thoughts on both sides. This is more of a why would I tie my money up for eleven months, which is a fair point, I think, for for some of this stuff because this is a long time. If you bet, I mean, when did they announce the MVP? Uh, it was the the two days before it's two days before the Super Bowl. It's Thursday. I think it's like the Thursday Thursday. or Friday before the Super Bowl. Like you're talking pretty much February. You're making a bet in May for next February. You are going to be sitting on that fucker for a while. That's true. Um, and so I guess as we kind of sit here in May, early May, um, there are wind totals markets open. There are, Mm. Uh, awards markets open there are championship markets open there are game markets open (laughs) right and we don't even have the whole schedule yeah and i i like honestly like the people that listen to this podcast the people in the chat absolutely in the deep dive discord like i bet you you could flip open your book right now and pick out five um, bets that are available this moment that are wildly plus ev this minute, right? And what I mean by plus EV is price will shorten between now and when that market is resolved. And particularly in the game markets, right? Like you, you don't even really need to look that hard. Like, oh shoot, uh, neutral site. Well, bet online. Uh, new, yeah, neutral, neutral. Yeah, neutral site that Baltimore is minus two and a half against Tennessee, uh, right around a key number. You think that's gonna cross three? Uh, yeah, fuck yeah it is. Uh, that's off by a mile. Um, and you know, so you, you know, I think you could realistically, what's that? Is it six? Should be. Oh, I, I was mean, wondering if it already moved to six, that would have been pretty funny. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like you can look at markets now and capture EV if you choose to, but it comes with a cost and that is the time value of money. And, yeah. And, and I think, yeah. I think there is a case like it's, it's the same conversation we have when anybody asks a question about hedging. There isn't like we're not going to give you the answer here. There isn't like this is exactly what you should do with future betting. Oh, this of course is, not. The, no, we're going to talk ten, about our own here are, personal yeah, strategies. Here are, here are the yeah. ten rules that you should set for for. <laughs> I think it does come down to everything. Like if you're, you know, if you value your bankroll, or like let's say you're the kind of guy who hits. Let's say you're betting baseball, you know, props, and you have an edge. It might not be a huge edge, but you're going to make money all summer. Like yeah, you know what. Let's say you're going to invest two, three, five thousand dollars in NFL futures, 
and you do that now, that's a chunk of your bankroll that's missing in case you have a downswing over baseball or, mm-hmm. you know, if let's say you're betting and we'll go lower because it's props and maybe you can't get a lot done. Maybe you're betting, a, you know, 100, max is 250. Yeah. Like it's, it's harder to scale that up a little if a big chunk of your bankroll is tied up. And yeah. I think I don't know exactly how you do it. I, I don't have like a set number, but I know for every season – and a lot of these are not my bets I've originated. Obviously, I'm not originating hockey futures. I'm not originating <laughs> baseball futures. But I know people who are that I trust that I bet stuff that they give out or they talk about year after year. And I just know, like, you know, at this point, I need to have this amount of money to bet hockey futures because those are going to sit there until freaking May or, you know, mm-hmm. April, roughly. Same thing with baseball. I have a bunch of money tied up in baseball right now. And just you just know, like, that chunk of your bankroll is set aside for that. I, I just I do a hard partition like that, and I guess it's it's always been fine for me because I know like I still have you know the bankroll for this. And I'm you know the the thing too is when you get into this rec plus or like anybody who's like got into this and as a hobby, and mm-hmm. then has started to you know maybe you are networking with the deep dive DJs or just have figured some stuff out on your own, and you've gone from a guy who you know, had to put money in your account every week to a guy who had to put money in your account every month to a guy who's, you know, over the last year, you won, you won some money and you, yeah. you've, you've, you've made it. You're, you're now a rec rec plus you're, you're a winning better over a long term on whatever edge you found. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard because you have this. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing is like, let's say $10,000 bankroll. You had a nice year. You turned it into, you know, 15,000. Sure. It's like, do you have a $15,000 bankroll or do you have a $10,000 bankroll and a new grill yeah, and a new nice set of vacation, irons yeah, nice and vacation, a vacation? Yeah. No. It's like, what are you, you know, how, how are you, how are you treating that money? Like, are you, are you taking that out and buying yourself a, a yeah. green egg and a new set of irons? And, you know, what are you doing with that cash? And that, that's, you know, that's where it comes down to like, this is, this is kind of your decision, how you treat this, but if sure. you do want to get into this, I think, I think if, if you're able to do that and say this amount of my bankroll is for futures, I mean, mm-hmm. every year we see, like you said, these are numbers that maybe they aren't going to win, mm-hmm. but they're going to get shorter. And what do they allow you to do when you get in season? It was a lot easier for me to put a shitload of money on Patrick Mahomes at two to one sure. sitting on some of the other bets I yes. had on for MVP. Yes, yes, like yes, it, it does yes, allow you yes. to really overextend yourself later in the season. You bet when, it does. When something like that comes up for sure. Yeah. If you have Sirianni coach of the year, that's going to pay you five figures and you get information that Jalen hurts his shoulder is fucked. Uh, it makes it that much easier to bet your ten percent of your bankroll on Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, okay, so, um, yeah, or just g- single games, you know, like shoot for middles, bet on the, you know, bet oh, on yeah. the Saints, bet on the Saints Cowboys, stuff. Saints, yeah, bet on the Cowboys, bet on the Saints. Um, okay, so yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I think that's all fair. And I mean, like, we haven't even talked about like the t- the uh, the idea of letting your bankroll sitting sit in your account, like if, if they're having happens with bitcoin in march april like you could have cost yourself a lot of money by locking up us dollar futures in may (laughs) compared to what the value of that same bankroll would be if you just let it sit in your bitcoin wallet all summer um so you know there's definitely a lot of considerations about you know what else could this money be doing for me in the meantime um and yeah you bring, bring up a great point like 
should I be spending it? What, you know, what is my goal of even doing this? Like, I mean, I'm not going to try not, We're not really, not really, I'm not realistically in this to make money to buy an Island. <laughs> like that's a joke. <laughs> you're never going to make enough money to do doing this to buy an Island unless you're, I don't know, Tony Bloom. It's a small uh, Island in like yeah. North Dakota. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you get to the point where you, you're, you're buying a soccer team or something. Cause we know that a lot of people that have done that through betting, but um, you know, that's even, well, that, and that's yeah. the, uh, you raise a good point too. It's like, what is that money doing for you? And I, I brought up the example of, Hey, you're a, you're a sharpish kind of guy who's found some edges in baseball prop betting or low level soccer betting. And, you know, it, it's something that you're good at. You found mm. an edge, you enjoy doing it. It's a hobby a little bit. But, you, you know, you enjoy the grind. You enjoy the research. It brings you joy to not only be right and win, but you enjoy the process of it. So, yeah. and, that, that's, and that's not nothing. Um, you know, let's say there's yeah. a, you know, there's a bet on a, a player to win rookie of the year, MVP, something like that, a regular season. You know, let, let's, let's go price only rather than a regular season win total. It could move a half game because I think that's a different conversation. But, you know, let's say you want to put 100 bucks in a guy at 50 to 1 you think this should be 20 to one and you think probably during after mini camp i have one of those for you but yeah after after mini camp it might be 35 30 to one well let's let's take a look at you know the limits on some of those bets right now like what if you know what if you can take that money instead and grind it you know grind it and double it over the course of baseball and then just pet it later on like of course that's you know if that's sure. your if that's your prerogative, for sure, just keep that money in your bankroll, mm. grind it through whatever you're doing over the summer, and you know you lose a little value, yeah. but you also have more money to you know maybe bet a, a larger stake, especially when limits yeah. go up on stuff like that. <clears throat> Similarly, um, you know, if you're a rec plus, if you're well connected, if you're in the deep dive Discord, <laughs> I guarantee you there's going to be bad lines, bad markets up. All Those summer kids long. are so good about pointing out right? stuff. You know, you know, I mean, like, uh, let's just take it for example. Um, if you've locked up as much as you intended, you know, if, if you if you if you put fifty percent of your bankroll to work uh, by the time you get to Fourth of July, betting game of the years, betting uh, season win totals, betting what well, you name it, it pro, you know, awards, um, and then somebody dinks you and says, "Hey, um, the M- WNBA All Star Game total just opened up." 40 points too high. Yeah. <laughs> right? Remember. Like that's the say let's say yeah. just just to use an example. Just to, just to use an example. And you're like, 40? <laughs> okay. Well, today's the kind of day that I'm mad that 50% of my bankroll is locked up in win totals yeah. and awards and game of the years. Like fuck like I, you want that you want to put that to work in the bad you know in the in in just the 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 wrong prices uh that come along as you crunch your way through the summer grinding you know grinding for fun um and uh you know it's say you yeah, you say you handicap tennis like pff, man i want to make sure i have a decent amount of stake to get down on Djokovic at Wimbledon, the Iga at the French Open, you know, I mean, like, I think realistically, there's certain times you want to put that money to work for you all summer long. Um, and uh, so you got to be kind of cognizant of that, I think. And so um, I've gotten to the point now where if I'm making a bet in May and it's the NFL, then it better pay big. Like, I'm not interested in nibbling around the margins this time of year. or even No, yeah, and I, I, I think I really there's... Yeah. There's two ways to look at that too. It, it either has to be this number is because I'm the same way. It's just like 
I, I think this is the best, you know, I think this is just a wrong number. I think this is going to greatly change once we have a lot more information about this player, this team, whatever, sure. or, you know, in those cases with future bets, we're talking about, you know, for the most part, the, the index, the price, the vague, if it goes from 50 to one down to 20 to one over the course of the summer, but there is a case to bet some of these win totals early. If you really, really have a strong inkling that the market's going to move one way or the other, because you know, it, 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 there are one or two that are, and I'm not saying you should fire on five or six. It's usually like there's one where it's like, this is wrong. Like this sure. is going to, this is going to move a full game and that might matter. That sure. said, we've gone to the, we've gone to the well, this pl- plenty of times in this, the average win total misses by about <laughs> two games Yeah, from what, it, and, and there's plenty that land within one game every, every year. There's one that's like, Oh, you know, if you bet it, then you'd have lost, you bet it now you, you'd have won. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be one of those. And I, so I would say out of anything, like the hierarchy of what's available and let's just stick the NFL, like, awards uh yeah. long futures like long shot bombs is what i'd be betting right now i yeah. i have stayed away from regular season win total stuff this early for the most part i'm willing to give up a little bit of uh value on some of the prices just Same. to get a lot more information um and and I, i've been fine with that like uh you know a couple years ago i bet the cowboys <laughs> over nine and a half wins yeah the day after the super bowl that closed like 10 pretty juicy it was like 10 minus 150 at close maybe even 10 and a half sure and then everybody got hurt they won like seven games or shit. <laughs> yeah sometimes you, oh, the best bet in the world uh, is just gonna and then also that's the worst one to look at in your account it's like oh man, yeah i bet this in february the cowboys are dead this is the again the jags division winner if you think Very that winning. thing is gonna stretch out to minus 200 once we find out Probably a little more is. about the yeah. plans like <laughs> it's not saying it's it's not a bad yeah. investment. Yeah, I mean it's a plus EV bet, but it's not for me. Sorry, like I, I you have to lock down. It's you have to lock down a big old it. chunk. Yeah, you have to lock down a big old chunk, and you're not getting, you know, you're not getting a huge swing to the good. So I don't really care. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, the the other the other the, reason uh, I will yeah, bet something this early. Yeah. The only other reason I will bet something this early is just because I'm a Jonesing to bet on something. Oh, sure. NFL. That that's that's different, like I though. made I like made a future I made a futures bet last week just because. Yeah, if you're if you're donking on a couple here and there just because you're like, yeah, I like this. This is fun. Get the juices going. That I don't really care. But I mean, that's that's fine. Uh, but for me, at least, like, I'm not gonna sit down and make win total numbers and be like, can you believe this is off by a one and a half wins? This is the best bet I'm gonna make all year. No, yeah, it's not. Don't it's even not don't even know the full year. roster it, or it's, the yeah, schedule. It's not, yeah, yeah. It, it it's really not worth it. And honestly, like. The, that's the other thing that's kind of funny is like you do content about NFL all summer long. Like that's the easiest thing in the world. Like because yeah. you get the sense like, well, the Jags was the was was a great example. Like first thing that people were asking as the Super Bowl's over and then the markets go up for the next year, what, what do you like? And I'm like, well, uh, Jags to win the South. I mean, the other three co- teams are going to be starting rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> so Jags parlayed with Jags, whatever. Yeah, Jags was. I mean, yeah, and I do think that probably will close minus two hundred, maybe minus two fifty. We'll see. But again, like knowing that it's going to go from minus one twenty to minus two fifty, I'm still not going to do it because it's just you too. You know, you have to lock up way too much liquidity for way too long, and there's still you know there's still downside variants that can sting you with that stuff. So, um, yeah. For that, for those reasons, 
the only bets that I really looked at when it comes to, uh, you know, st- you know, I look at the win total numbers, surely kind of make, you know, oh, for sure. Go through. It's interesting. Yeah, I think that's an over. That's an under. That's a pass. That's an over. That's an under. That's a pass. Kind of go through that exercise for sure. Just to kind of get, get a sense of where the market is now. Check in on where your opinion was in June, July. See what's what's changed, how much it's moved to move in the direction. Was your intuition right? Like, you know, what what uh, you know, what, what what inspired the moves? Like, holy shit, this moved a game. What what or what, what was what you know, they didn't sign anyone, they didn't cut anyone. Like, why in the world would that happen? Like, kind of going through that exercise is valuable. Um, but I'm not really locking up capital. Well, uh, I and the, I think um, I think the yeah. same goes for the awards markets sure. um, and you know, the, the futures markets, whether it be the division, the conference, the super sure. bowl, you know, obviously there's a pretty linear relationship between that and win totals and obviously yeah. the win totals and the people that are in your division, but it's, it's probably good to sit and just look at the rookie of the year odds, the coach mm-hmm. of the year odds, and just kind of think about it a little uh, keep your, you know, keep keep it on your mind as far as yeah. You know, I'll, it, it's I'll the same even... thing we said, and I, I hate to bring up the draft because sure. it's not like the draft did well this year. Just the the teams that had the right picks didn't have any leaks and fucking sucked. We'll be we'll be right back there next year trying to figure it out. But it's the same thing I said about the draft is like when something does leak, you need to know what the markets like. You need to have it just at kind of in your the front of your brain like sure. knowing the market sentiment right now about like you know who are the favorites in this market who who's uh you know which teams are getting steam like you said understanding what news has been pushing certain teams up one way or the other yeah i agree with that um i would also say that i you know my my process at least now in may for the longer try to catch some longer shots i'll pull up all the award markets and AFC, NFC, Super Bowl market. And if there's anything above 30 to 1 that I think is going to meaningfully shorten for any reason, I'll fire that now. No doubt about that. Like, you, you really, like, you really don't need um, much of a good reason not to bet those now, just because limits are what they are, right? If you're going to, if you're going to double, you know, click into to win 5K type of bets at, you know, a bookmaker or, or a bet online, like, you know, you don't. You're not really allocating a ton of capital if the price is fifty to one. You're not. Is your <laughs> is your is your big price one Matthew Judon? No, that's interesting. He's, I don't think I, that. I don't that's one I looked at for good. defensive player of the year. Okay. Because there, and I, I hate to get into the market stuff because, like, you, you look at the top of the board: Watt, Parsons, Garrett, Bosa, Crosby. There's yeah. some big names, but like Matthew Judon puts up numbers. He was like fifty. Like that. That's kind of the example. It's like. And is this guy, is this a guy that halfway through the season is kind of in the handful of top players all of a sudden because yes. of some sort of narratives and like, yeah, I can kind of see it with you. Sure. Sure. Uh, let me see what my, my uh, number is on the one that I like. So I can tell you for sure. If it, I, that, Wait, which which market was it? And let me guess. It was, let me see if it moved. Oh man. Uh, Wait, which market was it? It's already moved a lot, right, so you, apologies. What 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 market was it? Uh, comeback player of the year. I mean, was it was it just Tamar Hamlin? No, <laughs> no. I'm I I think I think comeback player of the year. So basically, why I gravitated to that market to bet now, the yeah. Bills conducted their offseason like they're not going to play meaning you know play Hamlin meaningful minutes. 
Like I get yeah. the sense that what's going to happen is he'll get oh, some cere- he'll get like some ceremonial one to snaps. Five horse you got to play against. Yeah, he's going to get some ceremon- ceremonial snaps. People will scream and cheer, but I don't think that the Bills have the stomach to put him out there for a, for a full campaign. Um, and I think by the time we get to the end of the season, it's going to be pretty much forgotten. So I think he's a bet against in the comeback player of the year market, and I think those prices are wrong. And I bet I didn't one mind. I didn't one. mind looking at just because the the media hype built in already around how good he was to start his career. Like it's hard maybe to win it so early, but Brees Hall's number is probably a little long. Okay. Cause he was very good. I'll just and... jump right to the, nobody's guessing it in the chat. You're, you're off on Brees Hall. I think uh, just because there's so many mouths to feed. <laughs> there, there are, I mean, there are, but fuck, like I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna feast with a good quarterback. Okay. He's like a pass catcher. Um, I'm I'm very curious. Don't please don't say Baker or something weird. Something weird. Sam Darnold was fifty to one, and the major disconnect between Sam Darnold fifty to one for comeback player of the year, and the Niners being effectively co favorites for the NFC. I can't yeah. square that. You can't square it. That's. Uh, that's you why I didn't even it. look at it. He's like third favorite. Now he is, yeah. <laughs> now he is. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, he was 50 to 1 uh, less than 48 hours ago. Um, that that checks yeah. out just because so, my, yeah. my worry is like he just doesn't play the whole year. Well, it's possible, sure. But yeah. at the same time, like um one of the one of these things, one of these two is wrong. Either Comeback play of the year 50 to 1 is wrong, or Niners 3 to 1 to win the NFC is wrong because Sammy Darnold is under center for the first half of the year at a minimum, yeah. uh, while Brock Purdy recovers from Tommy John. And I mean, realistically, like he's keeping the seat warm for uh for Brock Purdy, presumably for the 2024 campaign. Um, I don't think Bur- Purdy's gonna start uh just because I think very yeah very bimodal distribution of odds once we get to like week three Sam Darnold is is either second favorite for a comeback player of the year or Or he's not on a squad yeah 200 to one he's not on a team one one of the two he's not on a team it's just full on do you remember that third week of him in in uh Carolina like the first couple of weeks, we were excited about it. Like, hey, sure. this is all right against bad sure. teams. And then it's like, yeah. oh no, the wheels fell off. Which do you remember who his coach I, was? I, I was just, I was just gonna say we are, <laughs> we are, we are going to a situation where we're able to take a guy drafted in the seventh round yeah. and essentially take him, and and he was able to lead a team to the NFC title game. And oh. they, oh. they might have won that game if everybody, if if they had a quarterback at the end of it. Yeah, I mean they've said that. So, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't, like, I don't hate the look. And a couple people, uh, like we said, you can find it on DK. You can find it at three sixty five, three sixty five. Okay. Um, I don't need to get into a detailed handicap here, other than to tell you that if if he clicks with Shanahan, and on by all accounts, like people like what they've seen from him so far in a Niners uniform. Um, you know the the general the general vibe in the Bay is very. Oh, Sam Darnold can hold this thing down. I mean, honestly, just them putting out that they were looking for suitors for Trey Lance should tell you something. That they're this is they're going into the season with, you know, this is Sam Darnold's season. Um, and uh, you know, the fact that last year Geno Smith had this reclam- reclamation 
uh, campaign result in a comeback play of the year award, I think there's now kind of a little bit of a mental model for people who are voting this award. Like, what do we do with this again? Oh yeah. It's, we vote for this some quarterback. Yeah. You know, what's going to be funny is like Darnold, Darnold's going to push to like plus plus one fifty. And then, and then Trey Lance is going to come back and have the same like uh, we're going to have two comeback player of the year I, narratives look, on the same team. I don't have inside information on this, but my spidey I, senses tell me that Trey Lance is not long for that. Squad. Lance, it's either he comes back in like week nine, or it's it feels like it's you know once you get towards You're talking about Purdy, right? I thought I thought yeah, excuse me, Purdy. Like yeah. what's Purdy's timeline? Purdy's timeline realistically is like November, December, as far as I can tell you. Okay. It was complicated getting that TJ fixed. I think realistically it's going to yeah. be December. And honestly, at that point, can you really take the ball out of Sam Darnold's hands if he's like 11 and two and sitting in the one seed for the NFC? You can't, can you? Probably because it probably wasn't his doing. Well, no, but uh, like they, they stuck with Purdy, who was seven and zero or whatever. Like they, uh, they didn't even try to bring Jimmy G back into the picture to play in the playoffs. They were like, yeah. "We're gonna go to war with Purdy. He's our guy." Um, and honestly, like with Christian McCaffrey and uh, and Debo Samuel and Trent Williams anchoring an offensive line, like that offense is going to be probably fine. <laughs> this is probably the best situation that Sam Darnold's ever been in. Uh, and Kyle well, Shanahan, he's he he, he, so excited. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Like, who, who's the real to re- yeah, this yeah. is yeah. He literally can look at what Geno Smith did last year and be like, "Holy shit, I can do this!" And honestly, if the Niners love Brock Purdy and they're this is keeping the seed warm for him, like they can let Sam Darnold walk after this year and get some kind of awesome comp, yeah. probably if he goes and signs a deal somewhere else, or they keep him around as like the longtime backup for Purdy. Who the hell knows? Whatever the case is, fifty to one did not jive at all with the current prices for San Francisco to win the NFC, in my opinion. So I grabbed as much as I could at fifty to one, and uh, now it's ten to one at Bet Online. And I think if you want to, um, if you want to look for, uh, uh, if you want to look for other shops that have a big old number than I'm, I would say go for it. Um, just Shani just wins coach of the year, Patrick. I, I, that was my first kind of, That's, that was uh, the that first was, bet I made this year. That, well, it wasn't my first bet I made this year, but that was my first kind of instinct when I kind of thought through like, like who's starting. Is it really going to be Darnold? Like, holy shit! If they actually do this, then Shaney's a shoe in for Coach of the Year. And then I'm like, you know what? He did it with Brock Purdy last year and Jimmy G, and they didn't. You know, they See, still found another way to not his- give it to him. We didn't have a history on Purdy. It was just like, yeah. you know, and you know what it, else? well, I know he was Mister Irrelevant, but people right away said, well, I mean, Tom Brady was drafted late, and we just don't know. And people, people don't know. People don't make the you know the the quarterback evaluation process is so difficult sometimes guys fall and they're good we've seen you know obviously tom brady probably the best of all time he's sixth round pick like sure this sort of shit happens where i think there is a pretty good narrative around like hey sam darnold sucks shit yeah like this guy was terrible there's the meme he went to like he's been multiple places and hasn't been good and that the handicap and I don't mean handicap in the way that we usually use it, but like the handicap against um, that's holding Shanahan coach of the year back is the fact that the regular season win total will be high. The expectations yeah, right. are right. high. Their favorites yeah. doing the like, that's what holds it back. But if he's able to do it, the narrative is like, Oh my God, he fixed a terrible quarterback. And they're like, like you said, 11 and one he should be in the conversation. Cause yeah, he was you, last year. You know what the other problem though is Andy? He's 16 to 1 to win coach of the year. 
There's still 30s if you hunt. Are there? Okay. Well, 50. I like. Um, I'll that, take that, Sam that's, Donald that's in 30 or 60. I'll take 50 or 60 on Sam Donald overall over Coach of the Year, Shani, even up to have, 30. Honestly, have fifth. You know, have have 15 books for a reason, guys. Because <laughs> they, I, you know, it's one thing where it's like, oh, I got. Yeah. You know, I got. You know, minus three plus 100 rather yeah. than everybody else is paying minus 120 for it, uh, plus 100 or even money, however you want to say it. Yeah, uh, that's nice. But man, in the awards markets, the prices are all over the fucking place. Surely. All right. Like, so I mean, we just said it's couple, 10 to 1 on yeah. bet online and 60 in some legals. Yeah. So uh, the long way around this entire conversation we're having about the Niners is if you see a potential misprice in the market, that's the, and you're like, you know, what do we do with this? Like, you know, and we could be wrong. Like the Niners three to one to win the NFC could be the could be the bust. <laughs> right like ultimately they're they're changing yeah. d coordinators there's turnover on that roster some guys are getting old like you know it, it, it could go side you know sam donald might suck shit like that's entirely possible like this is uh, uh this is this is not under you know that could be what is wrong here but you know if you're going through prices and things don't add up and you gotta figure out what do i do with this like you know if you're like oh you know what uh niners at 10 and a half ought to be 11 you know what sam darnold at 50 to 1 ought to be 10 like Give me the bladder. Absolutely. Every single time. So, right. And, and the so, thing is, yeah. we're, we're having the same conversation that we've had in years past around win totals. It's like, and I've already referenced it once this episode, the average win total, the, you know, the expectation, whatever the market expectation and the actual results on average is two games difference. Yes. Between. Yeah. And you ran that for several years. We yeah. should we'll run it again. We'll look at it. But I, I don't expect the results to be like, oh, it was a lot tighter yeah. last year and yeah. whatever. That's a small sample. Yeah. But it, usually we're seeing... like around eight to ten teams fall within one. Yeah. The rest fall outside, which is crazy. crazy Three, crazy. four, five, six games off. I mean, the the crazy. The, the, I believe the Eagles and the Giants were five or six games above their win total. And the, there's several teams are gonna go five, six above. Somebody's gonna lose a quarterback, go four, five below. Sure. That happens every year. And mm -hmm. yes, Matthew in the chat, regular season win total alts. Like we always make a case for alts. Like if you're going to really invest in a team, you believe these numbers are wrong. You believe there's a really long tail, like all of us in here. I mean, I don't want to just take credit for me and Drew. Like everybody in the chat was with us on the Eagles. And it wasn't just because we said so. Like you guys had a lot of good points about the Eagles. And, hmm. you know, a lot of people made Eagles, you know, last undefeated, Eagles most wins, Eagles when they won. I'm not sure one seed was a, an option. It was just like most wins, Eagles win the NFC, a lot of bets like that. If you really believe in a team, you should be taking alts. And I mean, taking Sam Darnold is just kind of a different way to take an alt. Like exactly. You're, you're That's saying, exactly like, hey, what is, it is. It, it, and it, honestly, it's the same thing. Yes. Going back to the Eagles, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to go there. Like when you stumble up, like, like I was tilted because the day we did the Eagles, I was behind the entire you know, huge amount of steam in the win total market. Like it had already moved a, an entire win and then juiced. And I was like looking at the schedule, doing the math, and I'm like, holy shit, like this is, these guys are going to romp in a weak NFC. And what do we do with that information? We found 20 to ones for them to have the most wins in the NFC. Uh, found 20 to ones on coach, coach of the year for Nick Sirianni. Like those are, you know, kind of more exotic ways that I think you put your, 
I think basically the long end of the story is like just shoot for the stuff that's priced like it's five percent to happen that you think is like ten, <laughs> because yeah, that, the that's capturing a- the, the long tail stuff locks up less. Locks up less bankroll, and it uh, you know, and and realistically, like gives you so much more flexibility down the line to play into the market in other ways, to play into game by game markets other ways. Like this is really the moral of the entire last two years doing this for me. I hate to bring up losers, but it was another one that it was a really good shout because a big part of the award markets is the uncertainty and especially the rookie award markets, the uncertainty of usage because you have to have the numbers. You have to have the hype. You have to have the media hype. Um, the you know the the wins are all also a bonus, especially if you're a, a quarterback that helps. But you really, really need the usage. Like, and that's the biggest thing you're guessing at early in the year is like usage. And and I, I know it didn't turn out you know to be one of the favorites deep into the season, but there were times where it was looking like this is a thing, and people got Romeo Dubs at like a huge number, like a three-digit number for a guy who ended up being you know one of the one of the main targets for chunks of the season. Like that's that's the kind of uncertainty you chase because, you know, let's say you're betting, and I, I hate to pick on the Jaguars thing because it's probably a really good bet. But if you want to bet the, you know, let's just say $10,000 bankroll, if you want to be betting on the Jaguars, like you need to put a big chunk down on that. Yeah. Whereas if you're betting, you know, it'll look like, hey, we're putting a, a $500 on that 5% of your bankrolls going on Jaguar mm-hmm. 600 to win 500 minus 120. Um, whereas if you're betting Romeo dubs at hundred to one, and you know, I know that was last year, probably not tying up as much bankroll. And like you said, it offers you a lot more flexibility to bet into other rookie of the year markets. I didn't take a really long one. I, I just have kind of been dabbling, but you know, it's one of those two and we've, we've done this, but it's all, always been closer to the season. We bet. God, who was uh, Chase Young was only like three or four to one. But Mm -hmm. it was just like, hey, his usage is starter. And he's going to be, you know, with some other decent players. And he probably just wins this. Like sometimes there's a case. But again, we weren't making that bet in May. That's, you know, that's for certain. It was more of a this is three or four to one. It should be even money kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Zappy rookie of the year. Yeah, my heart rate got going for like uh, two drives there. That was fun. A huge number on that. Yeah, uh, but the same. Yeah, so you know, I, I don't know. I I still think shooting for stuff that's priced like it's two percent win prob that and should be like closer five. to five or ten. Like that that EV to me is more valuable this time of year than any of the stuff around division winners, any of the stuff around win totals. Um, so be creative, lock in stuff that, uh, you know, has, you know, higher scores with lower, lower, uh, bankroll committed, lower capital allocation. Now that's kind of the name of the game for me in May. And this is lessons learned after like two or three years doing this. So anyway, no, and and it's, it's, I mean, it's true. And I will bet some stuff that's not as long and I'll bet some 10 to ones here. Just, it's like, Hey, I, I really do think once we get to camp, I think uh, rookie, rookie, both rookie of the year markets are a good example of you're just trying to grab stuff where you think this is going to mm-hmm. be wildly different come summer because mm-hmm. of the knowledge that the the market's going to gain by then. And a lot of it for rookie of the year is like, hey, there's like three guys ahead of. And let's go defense. There's three guys ahead of this guy that aren't really going to play. 
you know, they're, they're great. They got drafted high, but they're absolutely going to be rotational because of course, yeah. that's just the nature of, let's say, defensive line or, you know, this guy doesn't have a good partner uh, across him if he's a corner and he's a rookie and he either is a god and that works or he's mm-hmm. a rookie cornerback and he gets feasted on because it's a, you know, it's a weak secondary in general. That's why they took him. Yeah. Like the, the Sauce Gardner thing is an outlier. That does mm-hmm. not happen that often. And maybe... Maybe I'm dead wrong, and we'll go back. To no, this I don't think you, no, I don't think. I, I, I think everything evolves, though. I think it, you know we, we have seen defensive backs. There was you know Woolen Stingley, like we we've seen mm-hmm. defensive backs get acclimated quicker more recently. But I think again, it depends on the situation. It depends on the usage, and they have to be able to put up some stats. So looking at that for both offensive and rookie and defensive rookie years, it's just a fun exercise too. That's yeah, the, no doubt. Honestly, like we talked about, it's a hobby. <laughs> you enjoy the grind. Like that's the most, the, the funnest uh, part of this whole thing is just looking into that. Well, let me, let me, let me propose you another question then. So we talked about, or I made some pretty declarative statements of Jags, AFC South, I think closes in the minus 200 range. Parlay minus 250, right? Yeah. Well, you can, yeah, that's actually not crazy. You could definitely put your, you can definitely, and, uh, oh, secret to, and I, if, if I spoil this for people, I sincerely apologize. I do not think that the people that matter listen to this podcast. So I will say it out loud. Wow. What? It's hurtful to the listeners. No, 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 no. I'm saying the people that would, that could spoil this. Okay. If you want to bet on Sam Darnold, comeback player of the year at, um, uh, FanDuel, for instance, and they're like, "Okay, we'll write you two hundred dollars on that to win ten thousand or whatever." And you're like, they "Damn, won't. I, damn, I really wanted to yeah. write like I, I really wanted to bet five hundred on that to win, you know, twenty five thousand dollars, right?" Um, if you parlay it with high likelihood legs, like you know, your limit goes up. The, the limit yeah. goes up. <laughs> Every leg you, like, you add pick a, to it, pick a boxing match up. that's like minus sixty six hundred, yes, yes. and suddenly like, oh, I can bet a hundred on this. You parlay it with that boxing match, and it goes up. Now I can bet yes. one eighty nine. Yes, you know, you know how much trouble I'm going to be in if Connor McDavid doesn't win the heart. I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. That was kind of I was putting that to work in a lot of ways when I was in a hotel in Chicago, but you know, trying to figure this out for the first time. Um, so. Yeah, uh, they for whatever reason like putting giant donkey legs into these parlays makes you look like a less skilled better, and the staking goes up, so you can absolutely get more down. Weirdly, um, but okay, let's put all that aside. Uh, go back to the Jags to win the South argument. Minus one twenty ish right now. Is that what it is right now, or is it already? Moved? Eh, minus one fifty. Minus one fifty. Okay, minus yeah. one fifty right now. If we're saying it's going to go to minus two fifty by the time week one kicks off. Um, are you better off betting laying it? Let's say we want to win 10 K on this. Are you better off laying, you know, 15 K now to win 10 K in December? Or should I go to their Super Bowl odds where I can get in one click, uh, lay 350 to win 10 K? At plus twenty eight fifty, right? Which of these two makes more sense to you? Because obviously the capital allocation is the huge factor here. Um, but even more than that, like 
this price is going to get if they win the AFC South, they're going to have a home game. Yeah. If uh, you know, if if they uh, win the AFC, they're probably going to be favored in the Super Bowl just because of the imbalance of conference Darnold. <laughs> so yeah, so here's where I mean, you know, what makes more sense to you? Allocating 15k of your bankroll to win 10k today or allocating 350 to win 10k in the super bowl recognizing that you're going to have to do some work to get your to 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 realize or actually maybe we just maybe we just go hit the limit allocate a thousand to win 30 and recognizing that we're going to be able to get 10k out of that if they're in the playoffs and have a home game and win in round one yeah i mean the second the second one does make more sense the first one is a lot less if you don't like to have to well god what was uh with uh Purdue actively managed that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So here's the here's the other kind of key aspect. Are you ready for this? Uh, the thesis of why the Jags make such a good bet for for the South is the fact that the other teams are all starting rookies, probably, or at least will mm-hmm. play rookies for a huge balance of the season outside of maybe Tennessee, right? What does that do for the Jaguars in an otherwise very competitive AFC? Besides, give them potential to get a higher seed, yeah, no maybe one. even a buy, uh, one or a two seed potentially for the Jags. I think is on the table just because they're in the only weak division and they get six games against the Texans, Colts, and six. They have four games against Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud for fuck's sake. It's like the Bills division got tougher. The Bills division got tougher. We, we always talk about the Chiefs division. The Chargers and Chiefs tougher. are gonna like, freaking bloody each other up. Yeah, the, yeah. There's there's a decent chance the Jags are fighting for at least a two seed. I, I one seed's a tough. If if you gave me a number on it, I'd probably bet into that because I like that a lot. AFC North like, is nasty too, man. It's, you it's think those like, guys aren't going to black and blue each other up? Well, and, and Cincinnati truly is due for some weird regression on a few things. Yeah, like they either like Zach is just that much better of a coach, and he's like a quiet uh sneaky genius which i'm not willing to totally say that ever okay or, well for or the purposes falling back for the so, purposes, like yeah I think them being high seed is kind of the long tail for me okay for the purposes of this exercise i'm betting it right now uh jags to win uh the super bowl and uh we'll see if i can get my 10k out of this another without having to allocate 15k to do it we'll come back to this We'll come back to this. It is. It we'll is too. Back like to in, like and like Patrick says, he says I'd still lay the juice. It's all bankroll dependent. Like and that's too. If you don't want to have to manage it in the playoffs, you just want to. Not only that, but like, so in your situation, there's a decent chance you're allocating more bankroll towards this. Come, you know, divisional weekend. Whereas yeah. Mike, whereas Patrick, yeah. who tied up money from here through let's say December yeah. actually has a bunch of winnings. He's taking and allocating on the, on the playoffs instead. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You, you know, if you truly believe they do win this division, then that money can work for you come playoff time rather than you having to allocate extra money. Although allocating yeah. that extra money is, you know, in a spot where you might be in a no risk situation or yeah, a, yeah. or, a, a middling position you don't feel so bad having to lay a bunch of money if you're sitting on a big middle yeah so here's here's two predictions for you ready number one the minus 150 for the south is going to get higher between now and the gate week one kicking off mm-hmm. okay 
And then I think we are going to see a local high potentially at that point. Right. There's kind of only downside risk to laying 250 at the week one window, right? Yeah. Like they could start slow. They could lose week one. Well, we don't know what the schedule is, but they could lose week one to the Titans or something. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, there's now minus 150 back. <laughs> we didn't get anything out of that. Like I, I think realistically, uh, smaller allocation, less risk involved now. Uh, the value that it, that you know we, you can re-enter that AFC South at a better price potentially during the season if there's any downside at all and you still want it, right? We did, like we did get, year. yeah, and truthfully, we did get one good piece of news. One of their toughest matchups will be a neutral site rather than yeah, and yeah, new, neutral be, site and where they have, have a travel been, advantage. They'll, yeah, they'll have been acclimated for a week. That's absolutely yeah. that's non-trivial. It Shit, is, man. I, mean, I didn't think is, of that. That was it was kind of a big deal for the Jags. Like, that's a when huge I saw deal. That, I'm like, oh, who are they playing in their second game? I'm like, oh, that's that's oh, nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. to conclude, there's no wrong way or right way. Like I no, think I think that yeah. I think the point we're trying to push is just like think about what's right for you. Yeah, of course. Of course. For sure. That's the that's the answer. Like these assholes on Twitter, and there's some people that really get up in their their ivory mm-hmm. towers and want to tell you how to do stuff like there's unless yeah. it's the math, there's no yeah. right way or wrong way. Like, do 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 you try to get smarter? And then, you know, it's the same thing you should do every week when you're making bets and you lose because you will lose bets every yeah. week if you bet enough. Yeah. Um. Is you know doing your autopsy on what went wrong? Did I even if you made a bet and you won it and you got a horrible number like evaluating your market entry, you should always be being, you know, be retrospective, be introspective about all this stuff yeah. you're doing. And the same thing like true you, without even, you know, kind of coming to the same point has already said it like you, you've said this multiple times. Drew, you said over the years. Yeah. I've come to these conclusions and what's right for you and, <laughs> and you've learned from yeah. it and you've become, you know, become better at allocating your bankroll and stuff like yeah. this because of lessons you've learned. There was one other wrinkle I wanted to bring up. Okay. And this is, this is halfway hypothetical, but I think it's good. It's a good way to make this point. You ready? Even beyond just taking a stand on a team being, and let's, let's say, this works both ways, but I'm going to use my example of, I think this team is going to be better than the market thinks this yeah. minute, right? There are better ways to capitalize for certain teams, depending on the velocity at which the market reacts to the results as they come in. Okay. This is a weird concept. I know, but certain teams have much, much higher elasticity in terms of market response to performing well. Okay. Okay. Great example. The best example I can give you is if you believe that the Falcons will be ultimately much better this year than the market, because the market right now doesn't really make much of the Falcons. But if you were like, wow, I really like their their additions. I like the uh, you got a young running back now in an all world, uh, you know, offensive you know running system. Like this team is in it, the weakest division in sports. Um, like okay, I like the Falcons this year. They are still quarterbacked by Desmond Ritter. If they impress you week one against the Panthers, a lot of people are going to be like, that was the Panthers. Bryce Young's first start, whatever. Like, There's not going to be a big adjustment to them to the good if they beat the Panthers. They could play the Saints and beat the Saints the next week and be like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know, 
and Andy Dalton on the road, whatever, or whatever. Who was the Saints guy now? Derek Carr, Derek Carr Derek on the road, Carr. whatever. Yeah, Derek Carr I mean, on the road, whatever. Same person. Uh, same person. <laughs> like they, like you. Realistically, there could be two or three games beginning of the season where the market just is like, no, I am not believing these guys are good. This happened with the Seahawks last year, very, very obviously, right? It took till like week eight, and when the Seahawks were actually kind of cooling off before they were getting any kind of market respect, maybe even <laughs> later in the season. I don't even remember. Yeah. It was forever. It took forever for the Seahawks to get respect. So there are certain teams where the opinion of the quarterback is so low, and just in general, it will the market will resist heavily upgrading them. There are other teams, and I will use the Rams as an example here, where you can say, you know what? People are like kind of underrating that uh, – Stafford's 100% healthy right now, and Cooper Cup is coming back, and the offensive line will probably be better, and Aaron Donald is yeah. still playing. Last time like, Stafford was, like, super healthy, he was playing in he, Athens, man. Yeah. Like, well, last that time, might matter. Well, yeah, last time he was – yeah, he, you're right. He's probably healthier than he was when he won a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So, anyway, the like, you could say, like, okay – like, I think the Rams are going to be better than the market rates them right now. Because right now, the Rams, the market rates the Rams as absolute dog shit. Um, and if you think they're going to be better than the their rating, like, you kind of have to take a bigger swing on a futures play than expect that you're going to be able to go week by week on this. Okay? Yeah. And what I mean by that is it will take one week <laughs> of Stafford and Cup and Sean McVay and Aaron Donald shredding whoever their week one opponent is. It could even be the lowly piece of shit Cardinals. It will take one week for people to be like, oh, yeah, that's the Super Bowl Rams. They need to be, they, they shouldn't be a minus four. That's they should a, be a I plus know, two. That's, a, that, <laughs> right? that's another comeback. Yeah. Like, that's going to be annoying because I don't think he wins it. But that that's one that's been eating at me for comeback player of the year. It's like, Cup's going to get some steam in this market because he's going to have some good games and it's going to be annoying yeah. with all the other tickets you'll have in that one for sure. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're right. Like everyone's going to be quick to be because they have the anchoring of, oh, this team won a Super Bowl. Oh, Cup was offensive player of the year. Oh, shit. Like they were just, <laughs> they were just broken last year and we're back. Yeah. We're back, baby. Stafford was like, what, what did Stafford close MVP? 10, 12 to 1, something like yeah. that last year. <laughs> like if that guy shows up, then, you know, the market is going to, snap their fingers and they're going to go from a minus four to a plus two. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I personally don't, I'm not super afraid of the Rams picking my pocket in any of the awards markets this year, because I still need to see Stafford play a full season healthy as opposed to just starting a season healthy. Um, but you know what I get, what I'm getting at basically is if you think you can go week in week out and bet the Rams through the first four weeks of the season and get plus EV every one of those weeks, I got bad news for you. It's not going to happen. As soon as they look good, there's going to be a big adjustment. When the opposite is probably true for the likes of the Falcons. Does that make sense? So, uh, you know, in addition to kind of coming up with the pieces, yeah. I think just like what you said, understanding how the market reacts to different types of teams. Where, like, you know, there is, and the Seahawks are such a good example. Like, we haven't had that good of an example for many years. It's been a while. It's been a while. Because what what was our anchoring point with that team? Hey, Geno, and I've said this about two quarterbacks now Geno Smith sucks shit. Not only that, you know, it's not just like, hey, this is his third year and he's Mm -hmm. been like, he's been in the league for a while. We've seen him get multiple chances. He's never been good. This is 
a mirage. We're seeing, you know, this team isn't that good. It's been a team that's been a little backwards on analytics. It's been a team that's wanting to run a little too much, even, you know, if it doesn't have the right running backs. It's a team that maybe misuses their offense, and the defense was bad last year. And then it's like, okay, like, what was it, seven? It was like week seven or eight before the market's like, shit, they nailed the draft, and Geno kind of gets it here with Waldron. And yeah. like things are kind of clicking. Like this is actually a team that is above average at this point. And it took so long. Whereas, yeah. like like you said, if there's a team that underperformed last year due to injuries, yeah. And I think maybe the Niners are a good example of that last year, where it's like yeah, the, year, sure. the year before, uh, and the year before that, they had <laughs> so many injuries that kind of held them back. But once they got going, it's like, oh, Debo's a stud. And they have Bosa, and like we have all these other yeah. players. And what we have, we have a good secondary. And if they're healthy, it's like, yeah, the, the market's like, you know, Pied Piper. Like, we're fully willing to follow this team into war right now. Like, yeah. they win two games in a row. That's it. We're good. The best example for the other way around last year, I think, was actually probably Philadelphia because they were a buzzy team. Well, I mean, they were buzzy back they, like June. They, well, know? they were, yeah, they were a buzzy team all summer, right? Um, and, they win ultimately win comfortably, but didn't cover against the Lions. And then they had their prove it game on in primetime on Monday night against the uh, uh, the Vikings. They were two and a half point favorites at home. They yeah. destroyed the Vikings, even though the final margin was only twenty four seven. I mean, the like, game was beat, over they at halftime. The, yeah, they beat them to death. And then by week three, they opened up as six point favorites on the road in division. <laughs> so that one, that was that adjustment between week two and week three was probably one of the most volatile. Price price went up, and then it never came back down. Right, that went one way, and then you you basically you never really got uh, a plus EV bet on the uh, on the. You never really got a plus EV bet on the Eagles again all year, from what I can tell. It's the Dallas game. No, they were six and a half point. Well, I guess that was against Cooper. Rush, it it got weird. The last yeah. three, four weeks kind of got weird. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like Dallas week six, they were six and a half point favorites at home against, but it was against Cooper Rush. They were 10 and a half point favorites against Pittsburgh at home, 13 and a half on the road. Like, so it took, it took kind of a while uh, before you got a plus EV bet again on them. And I think it was. Shit, man. I don't know. If... I don't know. We bet the Cowboys. And we, I think we actually bought both sides of that game. I think the, the best, the next plus EV bet you get on them was in the playoffs against the Giants as seven and a half point favorites coming off the bye. Like yeah. the adjustment was so aggressive and so correct. And then there really wasn't a bet, a good bet to be make, made on the. Uh, Another on good the point Eagles by Holt here, too. The Bucks power rating in the. No, market, that's, which, that's the other way around. That's yeah, a great, 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 great call. Great Holt. one. Great yeah. one. Yeah. Um, where, we, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it is. It, we talk about we do use the word market so much, and it is similar to the financial markets too, where it's like everybody knows this company is a dog, and everybody knows things are going bad, and everybody knows the earnings report is going to suck, but they have a big name, and it's a company that's been around for a hundred years, and it's a CEO we trust, and that price just holds on, yeah. and people people who are shorting it cannot understand what's going on. like this the <laughs> stock needs to go down and yeah. there's just you know this market resistance because of the inherent trust yeah i mean i was part of the mess against the cowboys at home in the playoffs yeah. I, I i lived that uh vociferously um but yeah no the uh the the 
opposite is true for sure when you have a known you know that bucks team was all known quantities all blue chip names two years removed from a super bowl bad coaching and bad coaching and and and, and regression in terms of quality of play out of the quarterback and everybody was kind of hurt and the offensive line wasn't there so you know there were reasons to believe the bucks weren't going to be as good as they said and if you kind of held your convictions there you were you know what you know what you were better off doing Andy, God, instead of playing for football now, you, you know what you were, you know, you know what I, I, I fucked this up and I admit it. Uh, I was like, look, the bucks are a fade. Uh, I'm going to take a, a long shot on the saints to win the AFC South. Cause I, I just, I don't think the bucks are going to be as good. That was a losing bet. That was wasted capital. You know what I would have been better doing? Just betting against the bucks every single week until the bitter end because the market never c- truly corrected them to what their fair price was last season. We we talk about the big prices being worth grabbing too. Here's one that I just can't see. <laughs> I just can't see. Patrick says Todd Bowles, coach of the year price is highest on the board. Well, defense might be fine. But... What narrative? What narrative gets them like, oh, you had an eight-win season, you won the division. It's still, no thanks. Uh, Some the, of those uh, prices are big the, for a reason. Who's the OC there now? Dave Canales. I was going to say, I don't know who took the left. Dave Canales and uh, and Baker Mayfield teaming up to win the a- NFC South. The NFC South. I don't know, man. Oof. Yeah, have fun. He was the Seahawks quarterback coach last year. For what it's worth. Hmm. So yeah, uh, there are some teams where people expect them to be bad, or there's buzz that they're going to be bad. And if they suck early, the adjustment down will be aggressive, and you won't be able to bet them under, 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 under. You know, you won't be able to bet against them consistently. And then the opposite is true, where you have a team where the there's a, a pretty aggressive, heavy, heavily, uh, heavily defended anchor point on them being good. And if they suck, then you could just go at them every week. Uh, you want to guess what the against the spread record was for the Buccaneers last year? Oh gosh, seven and ten, four and thirteen. <laughs> I was gonna say four, and I'm like, oh, that can't, that's too far, Andy. They they covered week one against Dallas, and in a game where Dak Prescott got hurt, they covered week two against the New Orleans Saints, and I think Andy Dalton. And then uh, they covered two games the remainder of the season. Patrick, Patrick's got the kid juju too. The kid's favorite team has always been the Falcons. Oh, good. It's never nice. worked for Kelly. Like he has, his his kid's favorite team is the Penguins. I'm just the end of every podcast is just dog on <laughs> dog on Kelly. Just strays. Just, just Kelly well, catching just, strays. Just to, to make sure he's listening. Like a tradition like a tradition yeah, his like kid many likes others. Penguins and. Uh, I'm better than liking the the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, they're winning. They're, they're... Oh, are they? Well, oh. I mean, it's well now it's two nothing. I think they probably okay. get this one done. Okay. Panthers choke a little choky choke at home, trying to close it close the door. Uh, nerve nerve wracking times for uh for thing. I would have liked Miami to play a little better tonight. Okay. Um. All right, man. Yeah. If there's any again, if there's any other questions, I have figured out. How to put uh, Discord on my telephone? Yes. So, like, tag me. I think I have it where it'll just like pop up Bink. if you tag me. Bink. If you have something, if you you know, if you listen to this late, 
you didn't get it in live like some of the guys did and you had a, a good point you wanted to talk about, ping me because I'm just gonna be watching golf for the rest of the week, man. I love it, man. Who's your who's your horse in the uh, in the Don't, Byron Nelson? Don't love it this week. I took some numbers before the Finau, or excuse me, before the Finau, before the speed withdrawal. So I got decent numbers, but like Matt Kuchar, like I'm I'm not excited about anything. I'm mostly matchups and top twenties. Mm. I uh top twenties are kind of my jam now. I've enjoyed that. I'm about ready to call it round two of the NBA playoffs, and I'm way in the weeds right now with tennis. Uh tennis, this is like we're coming around the we're coming around the final turn, Andy. Clay season is winding into the home stretch. A French Open is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Yeah. Who uh, Lakers Warriors? I don't think is bettable anymore. I played the under when it was like two twenty seven. It's going to close at like two twenty. It looks like like that is a wild market, a misprice there. Whew. And it it got steamed up. It got, <laughs> it got steamed up the other night, and then no. didn't even come close. That was that was, was that was, was my favorite. That was my second favorite playoff um, game so far this year. Yeah, I bet uh, my top twenty is Montgomery, Hoagie, Jaeger, and Wu. Dylan Wu is kind of my jam. This uh, I bet in him. I bet into him in a couple matchups last weekend. It's just uh, no cool. respect from the D- Dylan Wu is, you know, the the twenty twenty two Seattle Seahawks playing good golf, getting no respect from the market. I like it. I like it. Is this year's Tom Kim? Is that what you're saying? I don't I don't know. I'm just make sure I, <laughs> there's a Brandon Wu too, so I gotta keep mm. him straight. It's it's a whole thing. Both of them are playing. So Dylan, not Brandon. No relation. All right. Well, let's put a bow on this. Yeah. Dan, this thank you as always for producing chat. Thank you as always for helping us with our content. We appreciate you. And uh Ooh, yeah. Florida got one back. Oh, when did team previews? Math, jinx them. This is. I want Toronto to lose. I hate Canada. No offense, but uh, well, I don't hate Canada. I like this. Could be the thirtieth consecutive uh, Stanley Cup for the United States. Oh, nice, Dan. If, I, did you I, see how fast I was with the math, Dan? <laughs> uh, yeah. If uh, we need Edmonton out too, though, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I have two two foes to fight right now, Edmonton and Toronto, but they're both, you know, okay. liable to lose. And then, yeah, um, I was going to say real quick to God damn it. What was I going to say? Oh, well, previews, uh, well, previews yeah. start July 12th. Previews start. Yeah. Right after the 4th of July is usually when we fire into those. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to uh, handicap the entire women's world cup correctly the week of the 4th of July. And then, uh, then we start NFL previews. I will bet every, single women's world cup match again that's my favorite thing to do during the summer let's go usa again that's something i wonder if circa has the futures up for women's world cup because they have that market um usa versus canada which which country will have the winning team for the stanley cup parlay that with the that is fun. <laughs>